Are you tired of listening to ads and just want the story? Well, with the Tales of the Forgotten membership, you'll get ad-free episodes of all of our shows, like this one. And you'll be supporting the creators and stories you love. Go to talesoftheforgotten.com membership. But since we like to spoil you, a Tales of the Forgotten membership also offers bonus content like character audio files, artwork, exclusive shows, first looks at scripts, and a whole lot more. So go to talesoftheforgotten.com membership or click the link in the description. A fairy tale for adults. Pulled from the forgotten archives of the Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network. Episode 2. I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. Dr. Seuss. That strange, tingly feeling, you know, the teleported somewhere one, made Colin uneasy and let him know something just happened. The malak with the mustache gave Colin's shoulder a none-too-friendly shove. Go on, ood with ya. Colin glared at the malak with the mustache. His name was Barley and did as he was told. He knew immediately that they were in a different chamber because the exit hallway ceiling wasn't low or as narrow. This one was quite wide, nearly double the size, in fact. More importantly, when Colin stepped out of the chamber, he could no longer deny he was not in his world. This chamber was in the middle of the Justice District in the very busy city known as Karstium. Karstium is about 10 miles northwest of the forest of Stormall, where the Crofts found themselves moments before. Karstium was cleverly built on top of two proud, towering, rock-like hillsides. The River Agrium, a narrow, beautifully pristine body of water, ran between the two hills. It was a breathtaking view at the top of those rocks to be certain, and strong, polished steel bridges connected the busy population. Dwarves take it upon themselves to keep the bridges shiny, as they tend to like shiny things. Unlike other areas of the city that are alight with color and the creative power of imagination, the buildings in the Justice District of Karstium are quite stern-looking. They are tall, silvery-gray, dome-shaped, and built directly into the hillside. The Crofts and the Malax stood on a walkway made of black granite directly in front of the courthouse and stockades both in the same building that was marked by the gigantic justice scales hanging above the entranceway. Two other Malaks stood still as statues in front of the entranceway, eyes straight ahead. It was a busy place to be certain, as more of the Malaks went to and fro on various assignments. Occasionally, an elf riding a bicycle zoomed by, most likely a messenger, and tiny creatures, mini fairies and pixies whizzed overhead at speeds too fast to be seen. What in the- It was at this moment, Nia began to come around. She slowly opened her eyes, looked at the Malak groggily, and- ah! The poor Malak was startled, you see, but thankfully didn't drop her. He did, however, put the now struggling, squirming Nia on her feet, and Colin rushed over to her, framing her face between his hands. Calm down. Oh my god. Colin? Where are we? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Castium. <laughs> Poor things. You used the chamber by accident, didn't you? 
It doesn't matter now, does it? Get them to their cells. Wait, wait, what? Cells? Why? Where are you taking us? Apparently, we're being charged with wrongful parenting. What? What? What for? I wouldn't say much more, ma'am. Not until you've seen Raziel. Anyway, uh, please, come this way. Sensing that he was the reasonable one, and that Barley would use force if need be, and knowing that neither of them knew what kind of force could be used upon them, they silently agreed it was best to just do as instructed. So, holding tight to each other's hands, they followed Barley. The inside of the Justice Building is absolutely huge. The ceiling a good 20 feet, dome-shaped. Tall, white columns. A giant stone staircase straight in front of them led to the offices of the Malak on the second floor. To the left was a huge doorway and a sign above it read, Courtroom. To the right was a narrow corridor and a set of stone stairs that descended deep into the hillside. The Malaks took them down the stairs on the right. The jail cells were extremely clean, even though they were kind of, well, medieval. You know, bars and all that. But there was no one else down here. Crime wasn't really an issue. The most serious thing that happened in the last decade was when two small fey folk got into a tussle. Colin and Nia were put into the same cell, though Barley did shut the door a little harder than necessary, walking away. You just holler if you need anything. I don't imagine you'll be waiting very long. What are we going to do? I don't know yet. We'll get out of here, though. How could they accuse us of wrongful parenting? They don't know us. They're obviously a bunch of lunatics. Don't say that out loud, Colin. We have no idea what the laws are here. All right, all right. Unless you know how to pick a lock, escape isn't going to be likely. Oh my god. Kalanon. What about him? He told us if we weren't teaching the children how to properly use the chamber, we were breaking the law. Don't you remember? Ugh, you can't be serious. Look around, Colin. Obviously they are. <sighs> <sighs> the kids must be having the time of their lives with us gone. Maybe they'll figure out how to use the chamber and come rescue us. <laughs> That would be something. This timing isn't great. Us being stuck here, I mean. Allie wanted to talk to you. About? Pronouns. Pronouns? She's... they. Oh. Oh. All right. That's it? You took it better than I did. Oh, God. What did you say? I promised I wasn't an asshole. I just wanted to know why. What did she... What did they say? They don't want to be confined. Allie said she, they felt more comfortable being a they, and they don't want to be bound by gender. Ethan thinks it's cool. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, me neither. Shit. What? I'm scared for Allie. Especially now with the way the country is. Who else did they come out to? I don't know. We hadn't gotten that far into the conversation yet. Shit. You're right. I was still processing. I, I hadn't even thought about other people. 
I don't want to restrict them being who they are, but what if they tell the wrong person? God, I haven't been keeping watch on what's going on with any of that politically. You just hear about the bills. Hey, hey, we'll figure it out, okay? We'll figure it out. And if that means we move to keep Allie safer, we do that. Whatever it takes. Dear listener, I think it is important for you to know, in this moment, Colin and Nia moved closer to each other. And they are holding hands. Colin, what about other people's kids? I mean, I, I wasn't paying attention to all that. Not really. I was just busy, but now it's affecting my kid. What about the others? We do the best we can, Naya. There's, I mean, there's just so much going wrong right now. I know, but we've been oblivious for too long. We've got to do something. I mean, we're lucky, privileged even, that if we need to find a safe place for our kids, we can. What about everyone who can't? You're right. We get out of here and we figure out what to do. You know I don't have any problems arguing with people or getting into trouble. <laughs> the first day I met you, you were getting into trouble. Okay, but I'm not the only one who likes causing a scene. You remember that PTA meeting? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the silence is comfortable. A shared look. A moment of connection. Their hands grip each other's tighter. It is the approaching footsteps that pull them away from each other again, back into their situation. They look away, hands released, and stand as Charlie unlocks their cells. He's ready to see you now. Who is? Judge Raziel. What's your name? Charlie, ma'am. The grouch that was with me earlier is Barley. Charlie? <laughs> what did you expect my name to be? Rufus, maybe? Because of the tail, right? I didn't know what I thought. I'm sorry if I offended you. No harm done, ma'am. You're not from here. I imagine this is a little hard for you. Do you know where we're from? Of course. Everybody here knows about the third dimension. We've all been there at one point or another. In my world? Yes, ma'am. Most of us migrated to here from there. Well, then we can't be expected to follow the laws of this land if we're not from it. It's a bit more, uh, complicated than that, but Raziel will explain it, I'm, I'm sure. Hey guys, are you tired of having your YouTube videos taken down for a copyright strike because you use somebody else's music? Are you tired of your podcast having a lame introduction or backing track? Are you tired of not having the sound effects that you need for your show? Or are you tired of your movie not having a soundtrack yet? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Speed Force Music is your answer. We create custom tracks for whatever project you need. Movie themes, YouTube intros, podcast intros, background music, sound effects, we do it all. Speed Force Music is your go-to shop for custom music for your project. Just email musicspeedforce at gmail.com. You can also find us on YouTube at Speed Force Music. Or you can check out samples at soundcloud.com slash speedforce-music. Find us today and get your show back online.
courtroom was the most familiar thing the Crofts had seen in the last two hours, but that's where it ended. The room was packed. At least 12 rows that could hold about 20 people apiece sat on each side of the aisle, and above them was a balcony. Naya and Colin stared back as much as they were being stared at, because all manner of creatures sat in the courtroom. Two humans being put on trial was a big deal, you see. And word traveled fast, as it does in Karstium, that the two humans were from the third dimension. Charlie brought them past the gate into the front, placing them at their table. Sitting across from them was a jolly-looking fellow with a full head of white hair and long white beard. He wore a pinstriped suit that fit well on his rather round figure. His thick fingers were laced over his chest, comfortably napping. Who's that? That's Mr. Kringle, the prosecuting attorney. Mr. Kring... <gasps> Tell me his first name isn't Chris. That'd be him, yeah. You mean he's not? I know you haven't seen him much in your world. He works as a prosecutor here part-time. And he can manage it, because we don't have much need for trials here. There's maybe one or two a year. What's this place called? Well, Castiem is the biggest city in the overall dominion of Maketh. How many cities do you have? Oh, not that many, just another three. It's not a very big dimension. <laughs> All rise for her angelicness, Judge Raziel! Awestruck would be the proper way to describe the expressions on both Naya and Colin's face when the towering figure of the angel came into view. Her wings were blue, matching the color of the Malak's uniforms. She wore a silvery-gray robe that draped around her more like a toga, exposing the large muscles in her arms. <clears throat> Be seated. Naya sat. Colin... Well, dear Colin remained standing. That boy... Your Honor, I think there's been a misunderstanding. Oh? Yes. You see, we're not from here, and, and in our world... Ignorance is not a viable defense, Mr. Croft. In the third dimension, isn't it your responsibility to know the laws of a different country when you visit? Well, yes, but I don't see how that applies here. That is your problem. Your Honor, we can't be held liable. We didn't know your world existed, let alone that the Chambers could do that. That's not entirely correct, Your Honor. I've got a witness that will testify Mr. Cross's children, Ethan and Allison, attempted to tell their father the significance of the chamber, even pointing out the fact that it rested on ley lines. This is ridiculous. I can't be expected to believe in the imaginations of my children or based in any fact. <gasps> Mr. Kringle slapped a hand on his forehead and just shook it. Colin's answer caused another uproar in the crowd, an almost simultaneous gasp of disbelief. Raziel narrowed her eyes angrily. Perhaps you should learn to do just that, Mr. Croft. Let me get this straight. Ley lines and their intersection points resonate a special psychic or mystical energy, a fact that has been documented by multiple intelligent sources in the third dimension. And you think they only exist in your children's imagination? It's pseudoscience. Oh, is it now? Then explain how you came to be here, Mr. Croft. Go ahead. I'm waiting. Please, dazzle us with your intelligence. Your Honor, what my husband is trying to say... I'm well aware of what your husband is trying to say, Mrs. Croft. Do yourself a favor and shut him up because he's done nothing to help the charges against you. Yes, Your Honor. I'm afraid I'll have to add them to my naughty list, Your Honor. 
this was quite the big deal in Kirstian, and a hum fell over the audience, causing Judge Raziel to bang her gavel. To the matter of the charges, Your Honor. Yes, that. Mr. and Mrs. Croft, have you at any point during your children's lives taught them how to ground themselves into the crystal core of Earth? The what? I think that's a no, Your Honor. Have you begun encouraging them to learn about the energy systems of their own bodies? Oh, you have got to be kidding. Manifestation, co-creation, aura reading, meditation, pineal gland exercises. Why would I teach them those things? They have no value in my world. <laughs> there you have it, Your Honor. The prosecution rests. Your Honor, I think you're missing the point. Our worlds are not the same. Oh... They aren't? No! I mean, have you ever even been there? Look, maybe in this place there's such a thing called magic, but it doesn't exist in my world. I am a good parent. I teach my children what they need to survive in a dog-eat-dog -dog competitive marketplace that is occasionally sprinkled with good people. That means they need to go to school, get a job that hopefully makes them happy, and pay the bills. Aura reading or whatever isn't going to help them do any of that. No... What you've taught them is to reinforce a system your people know is dying. And the very reason that system exists is because you allowed someone else to create that vision for you. This is impossible. Your angelicness. Speak, dwarf that made the Spear of Odin. Your honor, the children of the third dimension are beginning to see, and we know that they will rebel. Still, they need the guiding hand of their parents, and these two are lost. So perhaps a quest is in order. <laughs> I'd be happy with the quest, Your Honor. Why can't you understand that our worlds are different? You speak in an ignorance I find very distasteful. Tell me, human who believes that rules that govern the universe don't apply to his tiny sad life, will you take the punishment or the quest? We will take the quest. What are you doing, Naya? We have to get home, Colin. Do it. Fine. What's the quest? A cheer went up around the room. You see, the people of the third and a half dimension were always very pleased when their brethren accepted the quest. The life is never boring in the world of instant manifestation and connection. Getting to watch those stuck in the mundane prepare to embrace the reality of the fantastical is terribly exciting. Raziel slammed her gavel again, eliciting silence. A mini-angel came flying over to the podium, struggling with the weight of the parchment that was ten times her size. Because she was a very proud creature, she handled her task admirably. She dropped the parchment onto the podium and unrolled it so Raziel could read. By order of Justice Raziel, authority of the city of Castium, Colin and Naya Croft, gods and co-creators of third dimension, for the crime of wrongful parenting, you are hereby ordered to find the missing unicorn. The what? Interrupt me again and you won't see your world for a hundred years. You are hereby ordered into the forest of Stormel to find the missing unicorn. Return the unicorn to this court and you will be returned to the world. Fail and wander the forest for all eternity. This is insane. How are we going to find a creature that doesn't... Wisely, very wisely, Naya slapped a hand over Colin's mouth. Thank you, Your Honor. When do we begin? Now. What the... 
How? Before the Crofts could blink, they were no longer in the courtroom. A thought and a poof. And they found themselves outside yet another stone chamber. This one on the edge of the thick forest. The trees were tall, leaves there thick, allowing in only small pockets of sunlight. The Croft could see paths, maybe? But there were many of them. Some went straight, others went to the right, to the left, others zigzagged. Why, it even appeared that one went up. Yes, up. All right, you two, here's a map. Colin and Naya jumped, not realizing Charlie was behind them. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, here's a map of the forest. <laughs> Didn't mean to scare you there. Uh, the only waypoint marked for you is this chamber here, so when you find the unicorn, you'll be able to get back to it. Right. I'll take it. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Um, I don't suppose you know where we should maybe start, do you? Ah, oh, you'll figure it out, ma'am. I'm sure of it. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate it. Anytime. Tipping his hat toward the couple, the Malak went back inside the chamber and teleported away. Why didn't you agree to this? How the hell are we going to find something that doesn't exist? You're joking, right? Charlie has a tail. There was a goddamn dwarf and an angel and a friggin' pixie and about an other dozen mythological creatures in the courtroom. And you really think in this forest into which we were teleported, we were just five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, I don't know because time, I don't even know if it exists here. I don't know. But I don't know. Do you, do you think the Jeep exists here? Or do you want to find a unicorn, which probably exists here? Which one is it, Colin? What do you want to do? Colin paused because... Well, his wife had a point. But that's the thing about adults. When faced with the fantastical, they will hold on to any shred of normal, icky mundane they can for a variety of fears. But when you release those fears, if you open your eyes a little differently, dear listener, you could see something else. You could feel it. Something magical. Whatever. Let's just go and try to find it. Yes. Let's. Follow me. Naya paused, and using her intuition, even though she didn't realize that's what she'd done, she chose one of the paths that zigzagged. With a childlike angry stomp of his feet, Colin stomped after his wife. And thus began the Croft's quest to find the missing unicorn. I hope you've enjoyed listening to A Fairy Tale for Adults. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and share the story with your friends. To catch more of our original and fandom audio dramas and tabletop shows, visit our website, talesoftheforgotten.com. A Fairy Tale was written and directed by Crystal Storm. Sound designed by Crystal Storm and Hannah Cardiac. Starring in order of appearance, Zoe as Daniela, the narrator, Joe Moyer as Barley, Robert Patrick as Colin, Tara as Naya, Gavarok as Charlie, Crystal Storm as Minnie Angel, Kerwadin as Raziel, Jermaine Woods as Chris Kringle, and Lord Snurts as the dwarf who made the Spear of Odin. A fairy tale will return Tuesday, May 23rd.